This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast and what a time it is to be a hatter. Am I right, Kieran Robertson? Yes, uh, what a pleasure. Back with us two again as well. We're making it a nice little theme here, aren't we? Just me and you. Quite enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, Jamie um, might have to work his way back up into the fold. I think that might, be, that might be the case, especially after what happened yesterday. A 4-0 victory against Brighton Hove Albion. We were just speaking off air about the game and, and the fact that we speak about Brighton being this sort of formidable force, the team that are applying pressure onto the top, it, it, sorry, onto the top six and we go and play in Norfolk Park. Of course, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto all things last night because it proved to be a really special night, um, not just the football, the, the signing um, of Hashioka and Tom Lockyer returning to Kenilworth Road as well was fantastic. Also, we've got the small matter that is the transfer window to keep talking about and Newcastle United away. First of all, Kieran, how, how are you? And and I feel for you yesterday not being able to be at Kenilworth Road. Oh, mate, the Tuesday night under the lights are a bit more of a rarity now with work. But I was literally, I was saying to you off air just now, like about to leave work. Before I'd even had a kickoff notification, I had 1-0. And then I went to pack my bag and I had 2-0. And I got in the car and it was 3-0. And I only watched the second half. And I was just sat there like, what sort of simulation of life am I living in now where we're just winning? 
and we're not just winning and scraping games with the domination that we showed in that game last night 20 seconds in just like we were saying Brighton try and pop it around and obviously want to get the ball moving quick and we literally just went no you're not bang suffocate same with the second goal same all game like our press has been so good this season but it's faltered against certain teams or we've not applied that same level of intensity or when we have We've not necessarily got the reward that we deserve per se for that level of intensity or for that level of performance. And we have always said at some point, we're going to have a result like that and we are going to turn the team over and lo and behold, here we are. Before we get started with everything to do with that Brighton game, uh, just a call to like and subscribe to Oak Road Hatter on YouTube. The channel's growing loads at the moment and we're very, very much thankful for, for all the support that we get uh every everyone commenting on our posts everyone commenting on our youtube videos and people continuing to watch and the, the subscriptions have gone up as well so a big thank you to, to everyone and a call to continue as we try and make this show better kieran tom lockyer um it, it's a horrible situation for him but for what what has been six weeks now um he's been starting his rehabilitation he returned to the training ground for a little meet and greet and that in itself looked fantastic but the, the stage was set for kenworth road yesterday tom lockyer coming out um just before kickoff and if luton fans needed any more incentives to to be as loud as we were then that exactly that that was the right move to make for the club and and it's great to see Tom Lockyer first and foremost um looking in good health once again of course i think the key thing is i'm glad that he's sort of back at the club in some capacity albeit like not playing at the moment we're not sure on his playing future but at least the man is in and around the club still and like it's it's sad in a sense that like it takes an event like what happened to Tom twice now to it almost galvanises a team and galvanises a fan base. But ultimately, that's the sort of response that he, as a man, would want. Is He would want that sort of, okay, yeah, this pretty shitty situation has happened, but how can we turn it into a positive and how can we galvanise the team? You think of the playoff final, that incident could have gone one or two ways. It went the way that we wanted, which was, no, we carry on, we rise above and we carry on playing our way and playing our football and we got our result and we got what we deserved. Or it could have gone the other way of we just completely fold and that's that. And it's happened again at Bournemouth, but we've done the exact same opposite again. We've not folded. We've come back up stronger, if anything, since then. And that's probably when the uptake in form that we discussed last episode actually started happening is sort of in and around that event. And now... We long await his return. Hopefully that does come sooner rather than later. But ultimately, keeping the man at the club and keeping him around this team for this season, he is still our club captain. Whether he's on the pitch or off the pitch, he is still our club captain. So keeping him in and around and getting him involved, it's a game changer. It might even be the difference maker between staying up or going down. And that's exactly what Edwards was saying. He was saying that, that it's such a tight-knit group. He didn't think there could be anything to, to make the group even tighter and and uh, as unfortunate as the Lockyer situation is it's something that has galvanized the team further than than ever before um of course 
let's go on to to the actual football side of things and within three minutes and I think it was within uh, I think it was 90 seconds of actual football being played or even even fewer than that we'd scored two goals against a team you know we, we've described them already as, as one of the teams that, that are pushing that that traditional top six and um, they're an excellent side but we we suffocated them as you mentioned from the onset and we found ourselves two goals down and, and the whole complexion of the game changes. It's crazy, isn't it? Because we were saying off air, like if you're any football manager and your side goes one nil down, even in the first five to 10 minutes, that game plan that you bought into that game, you best believe it's getting shredded up and you're thinking, fuck, where's plan B? Because I need it now. Two nil down before two and a half minutes was even on the clock. I think Deserby metaphorically was pulling his hair out and thinking, what have I got myself into? And we always big up the Kenny as this place, you know, no one can come here and play their true style of football. No one wants to come here and play. We will make it incredibly hard. But usually that's just with the atmosphere. Usually even at nil-nil, we just keep things tight. We did the opposite last night. We just went, you know what? We're going to stick it straight on you and we're going to see how you can cope with it. And the short answer was, they couldn't two nil down inside three minutes. Like, I think I saw a stat this morning that was like, that's the quickest two goal margin that's ever been scored in the Premier League from the start of a game, which if so, is absolutely bonkers that everyone thought we'd set a record for the lowest points total. And now we've set the record for quickest brace in Premier League history, if that is quite what I read. But even still, we're just changing the perception of what people think we're capable of and we've been saying for whether it's weeks or months this idea of at some point this way that we are playing and we've done the whole we've played well but we've not won it's going to prove fruitful at some point and we will just dominate a team and no one will know what to do sorry brighton but you were the team and we've seen that in the championship as well didn't we where performances had been good but we hadn't been on the right end of results. I think that Coventry game, again, Kenilworth Road under the lights, that was that was 5-0. Um, there's been a few occasions where that's happened, where we've really, really struggled to pick up results, but had been playing good football. And, and there's been an unlucky team at the end of a spanking. And yesterday was Brighton. I didn't think it'd be Brighton. Um, I jokingly said we'll win 4-1 in the pub before, but that was complete, com that was a complete joke and nothing that I actually expected. I was confident we'd go, we'd go and win as as we'd done in the score predictions, but to, to completely outplay, outcompete, out everything a team like Brighton has to be, yeah, I think we have every right to be as excited and proud and every positive emotion that we are today. Mm. Um, we say about this fantastic start, 2-0 up in three minutes, you do get that sort of pessimistic side of you that thinks, have we gone ahead too early? If they score a goal, then the complexion of the game changes once again. And Joel Predro had that that flash across the box. Um, but bar that, it was very little what, what they created. And of course, that's credit to us who continued to press as high as we had been, continued to force mistakes. Uh, but also on the ball, we, we were fantastic as well. And we were causing uh, Brighton problem after problem. Um, of course, we went 3-0 up when there was another mistake from through the Brighton midfield. Barkley and Adebayo pouncing, then combining. 
Then it was Adebayo that stuck it in the net for a brace in the first half. Going in 3-0. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm still haunted by that Swansea game. And I think you, you mentioned that as well. Um, you know, the game wasn't won then. We still had to come out and do a job. And, and I think that's the bit that's really impressed me. We haven't been too relentless when we've been the better team this season. I look back to Crystal Palace. I think we could have we could have won that game by more. Yeah. Even the Newcastle game where we won 1-0, I think we, we could have really imposed ourselves and won by a heavier scoreline. But against Brighton, everything sort of came to fruition and we'd done exactly that. Um, just going into half-time, what were your thoughts, Kieran? Did you think that you know, the game was settled or did you sort of have that that feeling that we still need to to be at it from the very start to, to make sure we, uh, well, take all three points? I think any rational Luton fan would even be forgiven for thinking, do you know what? I've seen it before. Brighton are a good side. We know how this poem ends. But you went into the second half and you think Jordan Clark had that goal disallowed, the offside goal, but it just proved that, yeah, that obviously was disallowed, but it was the proof in the pudding of, oh, okay, we're not just going to sit deep now, which I think has been an issue that we've done before, whether it's under Nathan or Graham or Rob Edwards, we have taken a lead and just been a bit tentative and not quite gone. Actually, the best form of defence is probably just, keep attacking and keep doing your thing and not necessarily changing what you're doing because if it isn't broken, don't fix it. And it showed in the nature yesterday. My key takeaway is then obviously when we get to it, we did end up getting a fourth goal. Is in this league, we've spoken about adapting to the league and whether that means in terms of bringing in technical quality or understanding your opponents better and things like that. I think the key thing that people forget about is actually just general fitness. And you mentioned about being relentless and it's like, maybe we've been a bit tentative because we're like, mm, we could be relentless for another 10, but then we get to minute 60 and we start to gas out. And that's then where teams get worried because when we're gassing out and then they bring on fresh legs and they've got higher quality and they score all the goals. Like you look at the Arsenal game, do you think that the team maybe ran out of steam in that final few moments, potentially, like just as a hypothetical scenario? Whereas last night, you would not think that we looked remotely off the pace at all. You can tell that every little bit of work that we have put in over the last four or five months, whether that's in training or that's actually playing Premier League football, it's now all ticking over and starting to prove, like come to fruition almost and be like, no, do you know what? That result last night, the key one I look back to is Man United. How the hell we did not beat Man United, I will never know. But I always think back of, we could have done more. And I always wonder why we didn't do more. That result last night epitomizes what happens if you just do that a little bit more and look at the mistakes that even top-level sides like Brighton, they're, they're playing Europa League football, they top their group. Beat Ajax, beat Marseille, they're a top-level side. Even those sorts of teams make mistakes when you put them under pressure and play your football, but play it well and play it aggressively and back yourself and be confident in the decisions you make. And I think first half of the season, there's a lot of decisions we're making, but you could tell the confidence in that decision wasn't there and it was rushed and it wasn't, wasn't what you were after. Whereas now you flip it over 
and we are confident in the decisions we're making. We're confident in the personnel on the pitch. We are confident in like every single person. They play a pass and go, I know that he's fine with that ball. I know if I cross it, he's probably going to try and get on the end of it. If he has a shot, it's more likely to go in than it isn't. That's the clinical edge that we've been waiting for. And we really turned the page last night and bought that clinical edge in. Now you look at our next fixtures, Newcastle with no strikers, Chef United at home, Man United at home. If I'm Sheffield United and I'm Man United, I'm absolutely shitting myself after last night because Chef United, void of any confidence, fine, that might sound like I'm getting really big for my boots, but void of any confidence, bottom of the league, again, bottled a game last night and lost 3-2. Man United goes about saying, terrible side. Again, void of ideas, void of confidence. And you put them under pressure, just like we did Chelsea, and they start to crumble. If we play against Man United, like we did Brighton, Ten Hag, jog it, mate. It'll be walking back to Amsterdam before you know it, because they ain't going to be able to handle that level of performance. No chance. And the thing is, is if then we turn these games over, Newcastle, Chef, United, even if you get six out of nine points there, hell, even if you get five out of nine points from those, do you really think that that sort of record gets us down? No fucking chance. No chance. Stay up all the way. Kieran, let's talk about somebody um, that has emerged as a pantomime villain at Kenilworth Road. And, you know, he was so kind to assist Elijah with his final goal. That's Jao Pedro. Um, of course, it's his <laughs> header that led to Elijah's hat-trick. Elijah now with eight goals for the season. But, but um yeah, uh, before we turn it on to Jao Pedro, because I don't think he deserves our time of day, Elijah has been absolutely fantastic this season. Um, you, you think at the start of the season where he, him and Morris started the campaign together, then we went to that that three four three. Morris was that starting striker, but but Adebayo, through continued graft and through his ability that we all know he has, has managed to to nail on that starting striking spot. And, you know, eight goals to show for it now within the top 10 in the Premier League. Um, first Luton Town player to score a Premier League hat-trick. It's going very well for Elijah at the moment. It's just exactly what we thought he was capable of, if I'm honest. It's one of those things where we obviously had the age-old debate at the start of the season. Oh, who would score more goals, Morris or Eli? I don't think there was a right or wrong answer. Um, we debated if we could play the two of them together. Because like you said there, the 5-3-2 wasn't quite getting the results. I think Rob was after at the start of the season. But then games like last night prove that the pair of them can work together and they can be fruitful and they can help each other out and they can create chances and score goals. And I'm really, really happy for the pair of them. And I'm so happy for Elijah where I feel like he has overcome a lot of stick as a Luton player from Luton fans and not just that, but you think of all the racist abuse that he's had at the start of this season as well. It's he is a player who I've never understood the slander for. The bloke's just turned 25. He's younger than me, right? He's just turned 25. He's not even in his prime years as a player yet. Yeah, he's just bad the Premier League hat trick last year. We signed him from League Two from Walsall for £250,000. And funnily enough, I think his rise only came at the expense of Colo being injured for that Millwall game. 
he had to start and he scored on his debut. And I actually think that that was the perfect catalyst moment because I think without that, and if he wasn't given that initial chance and that initial trust, this timeline might have gone a little bit differently. But I'm so happy that his timeline has gone the way he has because we've got a huge asset on our hands. Like there's a reason he was Fulham Academy. Like he wasn't, he was never crap at all. But obviously that he was a centre half turned to a striker back then. So he was raw. And yeah, he has his moments. Sure. But look at him last night. Unplayable. He had Lewis Dunk on ice. Dunk couldn't get anywhere near him. And when he did, Eli just flattened him. The, the boy's six foot four and he's got feet. Like I've never seen for a Luton player a lot of the time. Like unbelievable the way he just glides around players. Left, whether he drifts off left or goes through the centre. Unbelievable. And he's got such a good support network in and around him to create chances. Like Barkley was on fire again, obviously. Water's wet. Um, again yesterday. And he was just providing chance after chance for him. And then you've got Townsend on one side. You've got Morris on the other. Mate. Unbelievable. Even Jordan Clark as well as a right winger. We might even get onto him later. There's a reason that he was a right winger when we signed him. And it's weird that in the championship, he was best as a centre mid. And now he was on the right wing and he was creating chances for Eli again, drifting wide. He even had a couple of chances himself. Again, had a disallowed goal. What a team we've got, Bill, man. What magic. What What a team. Elijah, it was the single best striking performance I've seen at Kenilworth Road and that's bringing in you know teams that we've played at Kenilworth Road this season um he was absolutely relentless it wasn't just his goals that he got he worked incredibly hard he he forced errors in that back line as you said he turned Lewis Dunk inside and out a fair few times uh he won his duels it was just absolutely everything that you want of your striker he provided and you know, we, we speak about how far, how much these players have developed. And you look at the, you know, it's January at the moment. You look at the potential price tags and I'm not suggesting for one minute we go and sell out mm-hmm. anyone. But it makes you think in this current market, how expensive these players would be. Because, you know, you've got Elijah, who's still just 25 years old, who is returning performances like that. There's a real need for big clubs to fill that striker's void so naturally that only drives prices up you look at you know he didn't feature yesterday um Tiedem Mengi another one 21 years old absolutely fantastic you look at Gabe Osho who like I, I told myself today I wasn't going to single out uh, players in individuals because as a collective we're fantastic but but if we're gonna speak about Elijah we have to speak about Gabe Osho because he was absolutely fantastic as well uh, at 25 years old, if his contract situation was a bit different, we could then demand a lot of money for him. Alfie Dowerty, Ross Barkley, all these players, the value of the squad from the start of the season to now, it, it's just night and day. And, you know, we're not in a position at all where we need to to sell any players, but it just makes you think, don't it? It just makes you think how far we've come. It, the proof's in the pudding, right? We live in a time where Clubs come up from the Championship into the Premier League and they feel the need to spend all this money. You had Nottingham Forest last season. You had Fulham a couple of years ago. And you look at the players that Fulham bought in that season and then went straight back down anyway. Like, How many of them actually still play for Fulham? You look at our squad. Kaminsky, 2 million. Osho, 
three. Mengi, one million. Bell, three. Doughty, 500k tops. Kabore, loan. Barkley, three. Ross Barkley, three. I'll say that twice because just to emphasize, Ross Barkley, free transfer. Sambi Lakonga, loan. Townsend, three. Ogbene, three. Elijah Adebayo, 250 great British pounds. 250,000 great British pounds, even. Like, look at those numbers and tell me how ludicrous that that sounds, that we are currently sat 17th in the Premier League. Meanwhile, the team underneath us, point deductions or not, big man, spent 30 million on Beto. Sheffield United sat bottom, spent 20 million pounds on Cameron Archer and a further t- 8 to 12 million on Gustavo Harmer. Burnley, again, spending ridiculous amounts of money. Yet people want to come to us and say, you're not spending enough money. You're not trying to compete. We don't need to be like you. We don't need to try and compete with you financially because even with money, we are still making better transfers than over 70% of this league. How many clubs in the Prem could have taken Ross Barkley? I'd probably say half the league could do with a player like Ross Barkley right now. Does he get into a top six club? Maybe not. I mean, based on current form, God knows. But so many teams in this league could have done with Barkley. Hell, no one wanted to take a punt on Andres Townsend either. That's two players, two former England internationals that no Premier League club looked at and went, do you know what? I need a slice of that. But we're the only ones that said, do you know what? We back you and we back you to succeed. And it's the same with Mengi. Manchester United let Mengi go for £1 million whilst re-signing Johnny Evans. And I said that last week, but saying that out loud is sickening. Gabe Osho on a free. Amari Bell on a free. All these players, like you can talk about, I'll oh, sign this player for 20 million from Belgium and this player from South America for 30 million and, oh, he'll be good in five years. Our recruitment is second to none. And clubs have to be looking at us right now and thinking, why on earth am I spending 30 million on a striker who can't hit a barn door? Why have I just plucked a player from Aston Villa for 20 million who can't score goals for Toffee? Like, it is incredible. Like, the input to output ratio almost of input, here's how much we spend, compared to then the output we get of that player is astronomically high. And then you look at Alfie Doughty. If we were to go down this season, and say you sell Alfie Doughty, Ross Barkley, Osho, Mengi. If we sold those four players now, we'd take home 50, 60 million. And I'm saying this with a serious face, because tell me I'm wrong. At, like, of those players now, Osho, Mengi, Doughty, 40 million, 45 million for the three, minimum. Ridiculous. But the potential upside you could get from having these players, whether it's us for the next three to five years or a club signing them after us is ridiculous. But it's a testament to our recruitment team for we could have easily in the summer, we got that 180 million, whether it's in one lump sum or spread across the season, got this money and we could have easily gone, you know what, let's spend half of that or even more of that and just really smash it out, have a massive punt and we could be sat 20th because we bought a bunch of players who didn't give a shit. 
and didn't want to be here. Or we just stuck to our guns, stuck to our principle and bought in players for either nominal fees or on a free and bought players who actually want to come to Luton Town and play football and buy into what we want to do. We are not the same as any other club. There is not another club in the world like us who bring these players in and give them the platform to succeed. And then as a result, they reward us with performances on the pitch, with transfer fees, whatever it is. Like Gabe Osho, yes, the contract situation's a little bit wishy-washy. I can guarantee you that even if he were to move on in the summer, he will pencil in a new deal before then simply to give us get us more money. That's the sort of man that he would be. And that's the sort of player that we breed at this football club is they love what they do here. And if they do have an eye to go higher, one, we do not stop them. We are not the club that will go, do you know what? You are staying here and you're not going anywhere. We won't hold a player hostage, but we will get what's best for Luton Town and for them. And at the moment, they're giving us everything we got. And that's all you can ask for. And we've got the one thing that a lot of clubs don't have, and it's fight and it's desire to be where we are and prove people wrong. Look at the teams below us. they got nothing. they got nothing about them. When it goes wrong, down they go. And it's going to keep happening to the other teams above us as well. Whereas us, we're, we're going to keep creeping up, mate. We're not going to finish 17th. We're going to finish 14th, 15th. We're going to be well out of it before our running in May. 100% agree with you on every point, but one person that won't be too happy is producer Mark because you have just you've just extended this from probably 45 minutes to maybe an hour. But sorry, Mark. Yeah, yeah. There's no stopping him. Uh, let it be known that I did try and stop him, but yeah, there, there's no chance when he starts going. I just want to single out a cut. I know I didn't want to single out players because I think everyone was was. At a very, every Luton player was better than their their Brighton opponent yesterday, and and that's you know that's a fact. But Ogbené as well getting on the score sheet and and you know having what was it in the end three different wing backs on skates. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. A lot more direct than what we said. We we, we spoke the other week about him maybe. Um, potential not lack of confidence but he hadn't been as relentless in an attacking capacity as at the start of the season and that was there and some yesterday uh reese burke the job he did on on Jao pedro um w- was fantastic and you know osho again somebody that had a 10 out of 10 performance like elijah um barkley and the conga together you know you don't even have to you don't even have to praise it because that's the that's the highest standards they've they've set themselves that that is becoming an expectation and, and what a joy it is to watch those two play together um you look for jordan clark he's really you know i i was thinking about his situation yesterday and you know being promoted getting into the premier league for the first time in his career and then having a really difficult injury situation to overcome He's shown fantastic fight and character to get back into the starting eleven. Um, taking him a little bit of time to get up to sort of the required level, but yesterday was a performance that that you know it was like we were back in the championship and he was parading 
around the pitch as he does. It was fantastic from him. Um, yeah, and, and everyone else. Kaminsky didn't really have much to do, but deserves, he really, really deserves as many clean sheets as, as possible this season because he has been fantastic. And that was a game where um, he had to do very little and, you know, he really deserved to be getting more clean sheets than what is it now? Two, I think it is. Um, Amari Bell as well. Um, I put a tweet out right at the end of the game about his ability to turn players. Oh my God, I've never seen a player like it. Um, when when he was doing it in the Championship, I thought, yeah, will that work in the Premier League? But he has every player <laughs> he comes up against on skates and it's so funny to watch. Um, we're going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we will talk all things in January transfer window as we head into the final couple of days and we look ahead to Newcastle United away. We are back for the second part of today's episode and it's, what, 40 hours or so until the, the January transfer Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Transfer window shuts, probably even uh, less than that now, but... It's a good time to have a little look at what's going on. It's the time where these rumours start coming out of absolutely everywhere. Um, there'll be lots of links. There'll probably be lots of links past what we produce today. Um, but the first bit is a bit of confirmed news, and that's Hashioka. Um, he's arrived at Kenworth Road, not only arriving at Kenworth Road, in it's sort of metaphorical sense, he actually arrived at Kenworth Road and, and paraded around the pitch. Um, yesterday at half time, um, got standard ovation all around, lots of noise. Um, real exciting time for us and for him. Um, I did like the comments, people, people saying that he's going to be absolutely bricking it now after seeing us play like Prime Brazil. Um, but but ultimately, Hashioka, uh, right back, right wing back, uh, strong. I think when listening to him as well, he prides himself on his aerial ability. He's running, um, his desire, which all tick the box of a Kenilworth Road, um, you know, sensation. It's exciting that we've also got this Japanese link, uh, Kieran. Um, you see how, you know, commercially for Tottenham with, with the the sort of South Korean um, bond through Hyungmin Son. You know, is there potential there for for Luton Town to become massive in Japan? It's huge, isn't it? Is like I, I always compare it to like, for example, so like my brother is really big on American sports. He loves basketball, for example. Um, and my cousin's the same, but with NFL. And I always sort of say to him, like, Oh, do you follow a team? And he goes, No, I just follow players. 
Like he's more big fans of like Giannis and players like that rather than sticking with one team. And I always thought the concept was weird. And then you have a prime example of this now where like you just mentioned then Tottenham and Hyunmin Son. Like Koreans really love Tottenham, but they only love Tottenham because Hyunmin Son plays for them. Whereas then if he went elsewhere, say for example, Son moved to Barcelona or Real Madrid, they do the same thing. They gravitate to the player, not to the team per se. And we're going to have a lot of that now. We are, we're going global. We've signed a Japanese international. Like, it's not just some rando off the street. He is capped for Japan. Like, he is well known in over there. And we actually have a Japanese fan as well, don't we, already before this. Um, and excuse me for not knowing his name, but that's crazy. Like, that's just a whole new link. You mentioned about commercially as well, the benefit that's going to have, albeit club shop's going to be run riot because now you've got to tell the port cabin that they need enough enough shirts to go around the country of japan but crazy behavior like just to have these links like burkina faso with kabore as well zimbabwe and the camber like lads keep it coming it's good stuff like just spreading the spreading the word of Luton town around the world like what's what's better than that man that's quality it's just good fun and also i saw a tweet about it and I saw a Japan shirt in TK Maxx the other day, and I don't know why did I not buy it. It felt like it was fate. This is literally the day before the Hashioka signing, and then they obviously put his photo out yesterday, and you see him wearing his home kit like this, and the away kit sat next to him. I mean, obviously the away kit's white, and you've got his name on it. And someone went, "My God, that away kit with the name on just looks really special." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it does actually. I like that." So. Will I go back and find that Japan shirt? Maybe. Or am I more inclined to go and buy a Japan shirt and maybe try and find a way to get Hashioka printed on it? That's probably more likely. What a, what a time to be alive, man. Let's go on to some of the rumours. And we've been linked with three forwards in the last maybe 48 hours. Um, the first being Chibarak Pom, that was from report from Team Talks. So I'm not the most trusted of sources, but but I think the fact that another two forwards have also been linked suggests that there is potential we do add to the front line. That would be on loan. Um, Next one was Jessic Ngankam, who um, 23 years old, strong, powerful forward. um, Last season at Herfer, this year at Eintracht Frankfurt. It hasn't really worked out for him so far. Um, So that's, again, another loan coming from a German outlet. And then the one today, Josh King, a, a player we were linked with in the summer. This is coming from a Turkish outlet. He's playing for Fenerbahce now. Um, this one, though, not on loan. This is talking about a two million, two point five million um, pound deal. There is also interest from Burnley, uh, so that is going to be quite interesting. Kieran, looking at that, um, first of all, do you think there's a need to add to the forward line, and, and second of all? Where would your where would your head be at with those three options? I would say in terms of forward options, King's an interesting one now. I think in the summer it was quite open. It was in terms of we didn't know how Eli and Morris would adapt to the league. So then for us to look at Josh King was a bit more, oh, yeah, all right. That probably could work out. Now we've got the benefit of hindsight and we've had four or five months to just go, 
yeah, we we don't need a Josh King. But equally, it's not necessarily we don't need Josh King. It's more, why would we spend two and a half million on a striker who isn't going to start? Like, you can't convince me that Josh King would be a better option than Adebayo or Morris at this point. Um, so then it begs the question of, like, to sort of answer, come back to your question, no, we we don't need that. That's not to say we don't need a forward player necessarily, but in that specific position, no, we don't. So Josh King, for me, not necessarily a fan of that signing. Chuba Atpom, I'm more fond of because I know there's quality there. Um, and if we are sort of going to go with this, trying to play 5-3-2, but technically still 5-2-3 kind of vibe, at least Atpom is that sort of player. Like his success from Middlesbrough came from playing in the 10 and pushing into those central positions. So then that's almost what Clark and Morris were doing last night for Eli. So then if you look at that style of signing, that makes more sense. And where it would be a loan, potentially of an obligation to buy, then it's less risk attached to it. Whereas if you spend two and a half million on a player, the expectation with Josh King is going to be, no, you're coming in to be a backup to the two we've got. And the likelihood is it'll turn around and go, um, no, I'm all right. Thanks. Whereas with Akpom, bit of a different scenario. I don't think he's getting on at Ajax very well. Um, they don't start him. He's their second choice. They've obviously had a lot of issues backstage um, the last sort of few months. So a lot of the players that are bought in the summer are very much like, yeah, if we want to just get rid of them and start afresh, basically. So, yeah. That would be at least surprising, but then you look at the players that are sniffing in and around him, like Burnley, Everton, that sort of thing. They're probably more likely to get him because they'll just spend over the odds just to bring him in for the sake of it. So, both up for debate, in my opinion. And as per usual, when we're recording, um, a bit of news, a bit of transfer gossip emerges, and that is that Luton Town are reportedly considering a late swoop for Blackburn Rovers forward Tyrese Dolan. Uh, that comes from Ryan Taylor of the Daily Mirror. Tyrese Dolan, a very bright attacker, quick, uh, low centre of gravity, very good ball carrier, that kind of player. Um, can play on the wing, can play as sort of a, a number 10, more advanced midfielder. Um, it's the kind of player that I'm not surprised that, that we're linked with. He's got only six months left on his current contract, but, but Blackburn do have an option to extend a 12-month trigger. Um, Tyrese Dolan, a very good player, very good championship player, um, technically very impressive. Uh, but I haven't really followed him for the last sort of year or so, so I'm not entirely sure how this season's gone. Um, but, but ultimately, very Luton, I think. Very Luton. It is, isn't it? It's that sort of player that, yeah, like similar to you, I'm not quite sure how he's getting on this year. But when we were in the championship, he was that sort of player that if I saw him on a team sheet, I'd go, oh, Dolan's playing. Okay. Like, he does have that ability in the championship. And you know what Luton are like. We like looking down at the league we were just in and going, what talent can we pick out of this pool of players that's going to cost us a couple of million versus double figures? Tyrese Dolan fits that mould, provides competition in the forward positions. And again, maybe perhaps a bit more long-term as well. Like you look at the options we've got. Townsend, as great as he is, it's not a forever option. Brown, currently injured. Chong, if and if buts and maybes. 
um, it just provides more competition in that forward area. I'd be more keen on the signing of Tyrese Dolan as opposed to signing another striker, per se. Yeah, uh, I get that. I think Tyrese Dolan would be a shrewd addition, especially when looking into his contract situation. Let's go on to Newcastle away. And, and whilst our heads are still in the clouds, whilst we're still absolutely loving life at the moment, um, Rob Edwards will be doing his utmost to make sure that we're grounded, to make sure we, we return to sort of normal levels for this game. Uh, easy to get carried away when you have a performance like that. But the Premier League is relentless. And if you're not fully at it, we know exactly what could happen. Newcastle had been struggling. They'd had their difficulties. I think that sort of period where they came to play us as well and, and going into the to the new year was a quite testing time for them. Um, but they had a very, very positive result beating Aston Villa 3-1 at Villa Park. There's not many teams that get a result at Villa Park as this season's proven. But Newcastle seemed to, to I don't know if you can say, turned a new page, but but ultimately it's a very good result. Whether they can build on that, time will only tell. What are you thinking, Kieran? Are you thinking that this test is, you know, as tough as playing, you know, an Aston Villa at home, uh, uh, sorry, an Aston Villa away, a Brighton away, a team in that kind of cluster? Or do you look at their situation and think, you know what, we can still, we can go there and, and really give them problems like we have to a lot of teams recently? I think you look back to the home game and we just did a lot of things right. We just kept it. That was the one game where I looked at and thought we just kept it simple. Didn't do any fancy shit. Didn't try anything out of our depth. Didn't overcomplicate anything. We just went, we know what they're good at. So just don't let it do that. It's pretty pretty much it. And the thing is, there's proof that, yeah, they had a good result last night. Fair enough, you beat Aston Villa. That's that's a quality, quality result in this league, especially away from home. But I also think that even though, like we played, when did we play Newcastle? Was it like September, October time now? No, December, wasn't it? Is it really that early? December. Like that recently? Newcastle, yeah, it was... Was that the one that was a couple of days before? Was it a couple of days before Christmas? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, it was. It was twenty. Yeah, the twenty third. Oh yes, yeah, so it was a quick, quick turnaround. That's actually really scary. Sorry, everyone. Twenty third of December. <laughs> oh my god! That just shows how what a whirlwind the last five weeks have been. Because that is absolutely mental. But like, I think back to that game, and I like I said, we just did everything right, but. They're a team that can be got at. They're not a powerhouse yet. Touch wood. They're not a powerhouse yet. They've got quality, but a lot of that quality is out injured. And especially in midfield, we played a two-man midfield and bossed their three-man midfield comfortably as well. It wasn't even... Gimarias didn't have a chance. And then you had Longstaff. He played terribly. Just, he bossed them. That day, we just—I think we just wanted it a bit more. But then the thing that I've seen improve massively since, even just since then, like yeah, we won one nil. So you're about to think, yeah, but Kieran, we had a really solid defensive display then, right? So what's your point? But defensively, we have improved so much since then, even in four or five weeks, or maybe even that was the start of our defensive uptake and just being really well drilled 
and just being really good but just not conceding stupid goals that sounds really bizarre but like i think we're just going to do the same again i'm i'm not going to obviously go out there and say yeah we'll win 4-0 but like they had a lot of threat on the pitch that day wilson started then he's that came on now the goal disallowed Gordon, he's a live wire. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. Almiron's crap, but fine. Newcastle fans won't disagree with that, so I'm not really going to offend anyone. Um, but I just think we got something about us, especially against them. And I said about Everton, I said like every time that we play a team, we are just someone's bogey team, and that is just the way it is. Like there's no ifs or buts. And I think... Newcastle has that same vibe. It has that same feeling of, do you know what? We'll go up there and we'll either scrape a point or we'll win one or two, one nil, two one again. And they'll walk away from it going, do you know what? We just can't beat them. Like there'll be some teams that we fancy ourselves against and just can't really do a lot with, like Burnley. We'd drawn and lost. So like, they're, they're a team that we thought, do you know what? We could easily beat them because they're underneath us and we haven't done that. But then, we go and then beat Brighton 4-0. Like, the league isn't this like black and white thing of their first place, so they must beat 19th, like just because. Obviously, it's just an assumption, but I'm I'm intrigued by the prospect of the game. I think like based off of our recent form that obviously we highlight in the last pods a lot better than we actually realised. I really, really fancy us. And that's not just because I'm driving five hours there and five hours back, and I'm really just like praying a lot in the back of my head that 10 hour round journey is not a waste of my fucking time on Saturday, but it's very much because this team every single week, give me more confidence. This team every single week, give me more hope, more belief, more desire. And I think that we've hit this point. Now we get in a running right at the right time. Our fixtures week in, week out. This is the time that we looked at and went, we're going to get nothing out of this. And it, we were like, we'll have to wait until the end of the season. No, get those points now and then get to those favourable games and give it one last push. So I, re I really back us. I really, really do. And especially when, as it stands, this is Wednesday that we're filming this. So hands up. Newcastle have no fit striker. As it stands, key point, just in case you listened to this before Saturday's game and you're like, oh my God, they do now. No fit striker. So their game plan is going to be a little bit different, but it means that we can carry on doing the same thing that we know. And it'll make that threat of where Wilson and Isaac are quite physical. You're going to have less of that, which then gives Bell, Osho, Mengi, Burke, whoever starts, gives them a hell of a lot more freedom to come out of defence, play the ball, suffocate team again. I'm excited, mate. I don't know about you, but I, I really, really fancy us on Saturday. Yeah, I do. Um, I was confident ahead of the Brighton game. I'm probably of a similar level of confidence as well that, that we can go out and get a positive result against this Newcastle team that look a little bit depleted. Um, if you can hear my dog, then I am sorry. He is he's going crazy at something. So, uh, yeah, some noise outside. But ultimately, Newcastle are a side that don't have their strongest eleven, like what we just experienced with Brighton and we could take full advantage of that. Um, the difference obviously is being away from home. Um, I think us fans 
made it a lot easier, a, a lot easier, sorry, for us to press high against Brighton and force those mistakes. Um, should they play through the press a couple of times, if we do this sort of high pressing kind of style again, um, then it might be a different kind of story. Tactically, we might have to switch things up. But we go with every ounce of confidence and that's so, so exciting at this stage. And I looked at, as I always do, I looked at the odds for this game. Newcastle, 2-5, to five, Luton, 13-2, to two, which is just incredible how we continue to be put down by, by these bookies. I'm oh, not saying that we should be favourites whatsoever because that would be massively disrespecting that would be disrespecting Newcastle to, to the highest. They're, they're, you know, sitting where they are because of merit. They've had a bit of a difficulty. Um, yes, player injuries have hindered them, but but we're in such high confidence at the moment that I think 13 to 2 is too high. Um, but I think learning from all the way since probably 2018, 2019, bookies never really fancy Luton, Luton to do well. Um, but keep that coming because it, it makes probably makes people more money uh, so that's all good one question before we get to the score prediction is will Hashi be on the bench I'm going to say no just because I know he's got a couple of visa issues to sort out first but I think let him have a few weeks in with the squad a few weeks of training first I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until probably the end of February he'll be on the bench for the United game is there Ooh. a one game to make an impact? Why not do it? Comes on scores from a corner. We've heard he's good from set pieces, so uh, that would be Ooh. ideal if he can come on and score. Also, I think Kabore is back from AFCON, isn't he, very soon? Because didn't did Burkina Faso get knocked out in the end last night? Yeah, last night, I think. I think they got yeah. beat 2-1, didn't they? So yeah, that should be so. potentially be a couple of rest days and... and getting back into the swing of things because yeah. it is quite an intense schedule when you're playing any sort of international tournament um, and then the travel included as well. Um, yeah, might be might be a few days where maybe this Newcastle game might come a little too soon, but you'd like to think Sheffield United, he will be back. Let's go for a score prediction, Kieran. You've, you've matched my optimism throughout this. So uh, is it going to be a Luton victory at St. James's Park? Absolutely it is, because like I said, this man is doing a 10-hour round trip in one day to watch this squad. And I know that there's a few people from Luton that watch this podcast. I know that you do. So if you hear me now, stick this video in the dressing room for Saturday that I'm doing a 10-hour round trip to watch this game and you're going to reward me with a nice little Newcastle nil, Luton Town 2. Thank you very much. I'll take that. I'm going to go for... I think it's becoming my my new favourite scoreline, 2-1 Luton. Um, I used to sit on the fence with one alls. But I think 2-1 Luton is is my new one to go for. And I'm backing it as well. It's not just one that I'm saying it just to, just to say. I really, really do fancy this at the moment. And I'm still admittedly on cloud nine after everything that, that I saw last night. But... Right, mate, you'll be up in the cloud at Newcastle as well with how are you? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That is very true. But yeah, cannot wait. Until next time, 
it's goodbye from us. A big thank you to you, Kieran, for joining. A big thank you to everyone watching and listening. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, any likes, any shares, any subscriptions to Oakroyd Hats on YouTube would be fantastic. Um, we tend to see more viewers, don't we, Kieran? We tend to see more viewers when we do well. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this follows trend. But until after Newcastle, it's goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.